Welcome to the Daily Dharma, a podcast where we draw inspiration from Buddhist philosophy on how to fix and better our lives. Join us as we dig through the archives of Buddhist texts, great teachers, and real life to grab an extra hit of wisdom to lift us up from the daily grind and find much needed peace. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Daily Dharma. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the impact of one good deed on your life. And the story that we'll be discussing today that explores this theme is called The Pure-Hearted Sculptor. And it comes from the book, My Heart is a Golden Buddha, Buddhist Stories from Korea by Master Sion Daehyung. Here is how the story goes. If you go to Bulguk Temple near Gyeongju, you could still see in the courtyard two magnificent stone pagodas. There is a wonderful air about them of something profound and peaceful, and perhaps you will understand why when you hear how they came to be. Over a thousand years ago, after Kim Dae-sung became prime minister of the Silla kingdom, he began to rebuild the Bulguk Temple. He wanted to add two pagodas that would express the richness and the depth of the Buddha's teachings, but in order to do this, he knew he needed to find a very special artisan whose great skill was matched by an equally deep sincerity and faith. However, no matter how hard he looked, he couldn't find such a sculptor. Yet Kim Dae-sung knew that if he was sincere enough, he would surely find a craftsman of equal sincerity. So for 100 days, he fasted and prayed. Although he was rebuilding Bulguk Temple in honor of his parents, it wasn't for them alone that he was praying for. He was praying for all beings, that they would truly awaken to their inherent Buddha nature, and that the entire world would live together in peaceful and harmonious synchronicity. He poured his entire heart into his prayers and meditation, and on the night of the 100th day, he saw a vision saying to him, In the lands of the old Bakje kingdom is a sculptor of great depth and sincerity called Asadol, Kim Dae-sun left immediately for the southwest of Korea to the lands that had once been the old Baekje kingdom. He spent months there, traveling through villages and cities, always asking if anyone had ever heard of a stone carver by the name of Asadol. One day, he traveled through a remote mountain valley and he heard someone call, Asadol, dinner's ready come back in. At last, he had found the person he had been looking for. He humbly asked Asadel to design and carve two pagodas for Bulguk Temple, and explained his hope that they would express the Buddhist teachings and guide all who gazed to upon them. Asadel was filled with joy at the prospect of being able to contribute to the reconstruction of a great temple like Bulguk, but he couldn't immediately accept Kim Dae-sun's offer. He had a few concerns of his own. 
because Asadel had a wife, Asanyo, who he loved very, very much. They lived with her father, and it was her father who had taught Asadal all of the stone carver's guards. But he was elderly and would never survive the journey to Bulguk Temple. Yet if Asadal went by himself, Asanya would be left trying to care for her father by herself. No matter how Asadal looked at the situation, there seemed to be no good answer. That night, Asadal told his wife about King Daesun's proposal. Asanya was filled with joy, for she loved him deeply and knew that he was capable of producing something wonderful. But she noticed that Asadal was uneasy, and also realized that even traveling to the Bulguk Temple would take many, many weeks. And so she said to him, I know the circumstances will be difficult, but the pagodas you'll make will convey the Buddha's teaching throughout the centuries. Don't worry about father. I'll take good care of him. And even though we'll be apart, think of all the benefits those pagodas will have for so many generations of people. You've dreamed about being able to do something like this. And when the work is finished, we can be together again. With this, Asadal made up his mind to go to the Bulkuk Temple and carve the pagodas. He and his dear wife Asanyo held each other and cried for a very long time, promising that one day they would hold each other again. After he arrived at the Bulgak Temple, Asadal set about designing and carving the pagodas. Although he missed Asanyo terribly, everything he did was imbued with the love he felt for her. Thinking of her hope that these pagodas would benefit generation after generation, his great love for her expressed itself as compassion for all beings and the hope that they would dissolve all traces of self-centeredness and awaken to the eternal, fundamental Buddha within. He focused on the pagodas with this utter sincerity and the hope that they would be beacons that would guide all beings to this bright path. When Asadal began to work on the first pagoda, called Dabo Pagoda, an image of the four all-embracing virtues arose within him, for with these anyone would be able to live a true life and would open themselves to innumerable blessings. The first virtue is giving to those in difficulty. The second is encouraging others to live together harmoniously through gentle speech and a kind face. The third virtue is helping each other through words, actions, and even mind. And the fourth virtue is sharing unconditionally by becoming one with other people and their circumstances. Asadal decided to represent these virtues as pillars, so after finishing the foundation of the pagoda, he erected four rectangular pillars, plain-looking but sturdy. And on top of these pillars, he built an elaborate and refined structure, representing the functioning of the earth and heavenly realms. Thus, the Dabo Pagoda teaches us that it is these four virtues that support the functioning of all things in the world and the universe. As Asadal designed and carved the second pagoda, known as the Sokaga Pagoda, it was with the hope that the beings would put into practice the four all-embracing virtues represented by the Dabo Pagoda 
and in doing so, they would awaken to their inherent nature and go on to become enlightened beings themselves. This he represented with clean, straight lines and smooth squares, one on top of the other, thus developing the Sakta de Pagoda's noble form. Even today, these pagodas are still there, speaking silent words to all who come. Now, that was a longer story than usual, but what I really liked about it was how trying to do this one good deed actually came with a lot of difficulty. Someone had to find him and give him the opportunity. He also had to make a sacrifice with his wife and work together with her in order to enable this construction to happen. And then once there, once after going through all these hurdles, he was able to create something that impacts generations and generations after him. This beautiful one deed is actually wrapped in multiple smaller deeds, not just by himself, but those around him. And I think it's a really good illustration of how life is so interconnected. Nothing good happens in a vacuum. You need to have good people around you, and you also need to have the support of good people around you in order to do good things, good deeds of any kind. And also, similarly, by being that good person that helps others attain good deeds, you are in part part of their success. You are part of their moral development and spiritual journey. By being the person who's open to receive blessings as well as happy to give blessings, that's how you multiply the good deeds that you do in life. Because when you really think about it, the one good deed is actually much more than one. There are multiple good deeds intertwined, from the man who gave him the opportunity to the dear wife who supported him throughout this difficult transition, and also on himself as well, who decided to give himself with a pure heart to this task in order to inspire generations after him. This is all to say that it could be a long time, sometimes years, to get to that one good deed that is truly meaningful to you, and that is going to resonate with you for the rest of your life. But that doesn't mean that everything you're doing today is not leading there. In fact, all of the things we do, small or large, are all leading somewhere. But if we do those deeds with a pure heart, with an intention that we want to get to a place of compassion and open-heartedness, one day you'll have the opportunity to do so, to put that practice into action. Even if Asadel didn't know from the very beginning that he would be the sculptor, by being and practicing as a pure-hearted person, he was inadvertently setting himself up to do so. All of our actions are always leading somewhere, and all of them can lead to that one good deed that you've been wanting your whole life. So the important thing is every day to set your intention and to always know the destination that you're going towards and making sure that destination is one that is compassionate, that is wholehearted, and that takes into account the good for yourself and the good that is for others. 
thank you again for listening to this episode. I hope you have a beautiful, safe, and joyous week ahead of you. Until next week.